You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at BuffaloRumlinks.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlinks Q&A on the Buffalo Rumlinks Podcast Network. We've almost made it. The Buffalo Bills rookies have reported to training camp. The veterans report later this week. And we've made it through the long offseason to start prepping for the new season, the 2022 season. The season we hope the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. As always, you can send in your questions for our show at 716-508-0405. And our voicemails get first priority. You can text us at that line as well. You can tweet us at rumblings Q and A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email is buffalo rumblings at sbnation.com. Uh, Instagram and Facebook messages eventually get to me uh, through our social media manager, Danielle. Um, you can send in your questions any which way you want, uh, but especially as we get into training camp and the preseason, uh, stuff's going to be changing and you're going to have immediate questions. So send those in as soon as you think of those to our various channels. We've been doing plenty of training camp coverage, but before we get into that in the second half of the show, uh, we just finished our look at the worst values on the Buffalo Bills in 2021. Last week, we talked about the best values, the guys that overperformed their contracts. This week, we're going to talk about the guys that underperformed their contracts. And before we even get started with that, I just wanted to say it was an incredibly different and difficult exercise this year to put together this list. In years past, we've always had a couple bloated contracts. Um, spread throughout the roster and so there was always guys underperforming this year it was really really tough to come up with 10 guys who underperformed their contracts so i think that it really should have been a top seven or so uh the top seven players that underperformed their contracts but we put together 10 anyway um so let's got dive right into it uh, number 10 was boogie basham the buffalo bills defensive end and Basham falls victim to the rookie signing bonus. Um, in 2021, he made $2.1 million in cash, which is more than twice as much as AJ Epinesa, the Bills' second round pick from the previous year. And that's because he got a $1 million signing bonus. So um, at $2.1 million, Basham definitely underperformed that number. But if you take a look at the entirety of his contract, I mean, he certainly didn't play that badly. Um, but, um, you know, that places him in the top 64 starters in the NFL. So th or, that makes him a starting caliber payment, not necessarily a starting caliber player. Um, he played fewer than 19% of the snaps, uh, didn't contribute on special teams, didn't 
uh, didn't start any games, only played in eight games. So he played less than half the games. And so being a healthy scratch really worked against him in my rankings. So he comes in at number 10 on our list. Linebacker Tyler Matikiewicz comes in at number nine on our list. The special teams linebacker certainly played really, really well on special teams, but he made $3.35 million in cash, which is 54th among linebackers in the NFL. Um, He was the 20th highest paid player on the Bills. I don't think he made the 20th highest impact on the Bills, and I certainly don't think he was the 54th most impactful uh, linebacker in the entire NFL. But he played 80% of the team's special team snap snaps. Um, just his numbers, his cash number is going to drop to $2.5 million in cash next year. And I think that's a way better um, number for him. At number eight is Greg Russo. And he ends that little pack of guys that I think were okay. They weren't like super bloated contracts. They were just fine. Um, Greg Rousseau, again, first round draft pick, got a hefty signing bonus as part of that. He made $6.5 million in cash payments in 2021. So that's right behind Jordan Poyer, the all-pro safety. Um, It's ahead of a whole bunch of other starters. And um, was 31st among NFL defensive ends. So it places him in the upper tier of Buffalo of of NFL defensive ends and while he had a solid rookie season I wouldn't say he was in the upper tier of NFL defensive ends Uh, he certainly has a place to work from Um, uh, normally he wouldn't have even made this list uh, but just because of that signing bonus he was on there Um, he had a solid rookie season uh, but I just didn't think he was worth you know 6.5 million dollars in cash that's okay because next year and the year after that and the year after that, he's going to be making less money and will probably be well worth it. So over the course of his contract, it's probably certainly going to be worth it, um, even if he just keeps playing at the same level and doesn't even improve, which we obviously hope he improves. He also took 50% of the team's snaps at defensive end and should be looking at about the same ratio this year as the starter opposite Von Miller. So... He makes less than $1.2 million in cash next year in 2022. So that's gonna he's probably going to go on to the best value list in his second season. Now we get into the real meat and potatoes of the list. These seven guys, I think, were really overpaid. Daryl Williams uh, comes in at number seven. He was paid as an offensive tackle, resigned as an offensive tackle, but then eventually moved into guard because his play on the outside wasn't great and Cody Ford's on the inside wasn't great. So they solved two problems by moving him inside and putting Spencer Brown into the lineup. But Williams was signed at $9.7 million in cash. Um, So because he played the most snaps of anybody on the roster, he was still a decent value, but as a guard, he was overpaid. So um, that's why they released him this offseason. He still remains unsigned to this um, at this time, right before training camp starts. So obviously uh, the Bills weren't wrong when they said he was overpaid, uh, but he was definitely overpaid at that north of $9 million mark. Number six on the list, Jerry Hughes. Uh, the Buffalo Bills defensive end, again, had a nice consistent season, but he was paid $7.1 million in cash. Um, that's top half of the NFL in starter money. Um, It was the eighth highest cash hit 
um, on the entire Bills roster. And I just don't think he played up to that. He play, he had a solid season again. He's where he's supposed to be again. He knows what his role in the defense always. Um, but he only had two sacks, uh, three passes defended, 18 tackles. Just not a great statistical season for him, even though he played 52% of the snaps. Uh, it didn't seem like Brandon Bean was eager to resign him this offseason. And he'll make $5 million with the Houston Texans this year, which I think is a little bit more in line with, you know, kind of how he plays. It's outside of that top half of the league starters. Number five, John Feliciano, um, a guy who made $4.8 million, which was 18th on the bills and highest among all of the guards. Um, it's not higher than Darrell Williams, uh, but he was, again, signed as a tackle. Um, in the NFL, he was the 21st highest paid guard in the NFL uh, with with two student starting guards on each team that obviously would put him you know in the upper echelon of of NFL guards and instead he was benched he ended up playing the seventh most snaps on the offensive line yeah he dealt with a, a little bit of injuries and I try not to ding people for injuries but he didn't get his starting job back when he came back um, so instead of making 4.8 million dollars in cash uh, this coming season, uh, the Giants signed him to a $2.9 million deal. So again, that's way better in line with his actual value um, than the $4.8 million. Number four, Star Latulale, the Buffalo Bills defensive tackle. And again, I try not to ding people for illness or injury, uh, which is why Tredavious White isn't on this list. Um, I mean, he played great. He wouldn't have made the list anyway, probably. But um, Star Latulale. $5 million in cash, which is 27th among NFL defensive tackles, highest among Bills defensive tackles. But he only played in eight games. Sorry, he only played in 11 games starting eight and finished the year with three sacks and 17 tackles. But as the season wore on, he lost his job to Harrison Phillips, who made considerably less money than the former free agent Latulale. Um, he played fewer than 34% of the snaps in the final three games. So because of his lack of playing time, uh, he definitely was overpaid this year. Um, Latule was released um, and remains unsigned. So obviously the Bills weren't the only ones that thought he was um, overpaid um, and underproductive last year. At number three on the list, A.J. Klein, uh, the perpetual um, complaint point from a lot of Bills fans until the Bills actually needed him. Uh, yeah, he was overpaid, and I don't think anybody would argue that he was a great value for the Bills for his playing time, but he was a great safety net for them, especially a couple of years ago when Tremaine Edmonds was just coming into the league and all that stuff. But he made just under $6 million in 2021, which was 11th on the team. Um, he was the 42nd paid highest linebacker in the NFL, and that includes those uh, pass rushing outside linebackers. And so he'd be even higher, probably in the top 32. Um, so the top paid linebackers in the NFL, even though he didn't really play starters snaps, he started four games uh, because of injuries, uh, played in 15, um, had OK stats in those games, uh, but played just 25 percent of the Bills defensive total of snaps, even with that high inflated um number no player in the top 16 of bills cash rankings played fewer snaps than klein which again is just an indication of how overpaid he was for his role on the team um, they released him this offseason um, and he has, still has not signed with another team 
Number two on the list is Vernon Butler, the guy that most people were calling for in the comment section since we started this list. A defensive tackle that was inactive for a good chunk of the season. Uh, he played in just 10 games uh, despite making $4.7 million in cash. Um, you know, he was just $200,000 behind Star Latule in terms of cash, but just did not play anywhere near the the snaps that even Latulale played, uh, 26% of the team's defensive snaps. Um, you know, he was even below Tredavious White, who we mentioned earlier. He missed six, White missed six games uh, because of his ACL tear and still had nearly twice as many defensive snaps as Vernon Butler, who was healthy for the entire season. So um, he only played in one game where he played more than 50% of the snaps and that was the blowout loss to the Indianapolis Colts where they ran it down our throats. Finally, uh, Matt Hawk is number one on our worst list, which is just remarkable for a punter because he only makes like, what, $2.275 million. But if you look at the NFL's punters, he was 10th in the NFL in terms of cash for punters, 10th. And he ranked dead last in terms of net yards per punt. So he was one of the top paid punters, but played the worst. So... That's why he comes in at number one on our list. I didn't go through all the information I shared in those articles, so make sure you head over there to check out the information on the worst value Buffalo Bills in 2021. Luckily, when you look at the list, the Bills have moved on from the vast majority of those players. While Matt Hawk remains with the team, they essentially drafted his replacement and took away all of Matt Hawk's guaranteed money so they can release him with no further payment. But then going down the list, Vernon Butler, A.J. Klein, Star Latule, John Feliciano, Jerry Hughes, Daryl Williams. Those guys are all off the team now. Um, and then Greg Williams, Tyler Matikiewicz, and Boogie Basham, remember, were those guys that I said in a normal year they wouldn't have even been on the list. It was just really hard to find guys that were overpaid. All three of their cash figures are going to come down in 2022 as well which will make it even more difficult for them to make the list. In fact, Greg Rousseau, like we said earlier, is probably going to end up on the best values list this coming season. All right, when we come back from this quick break, we've got some training camp questions. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. Okay, this isn't a question this week, but I wanted to share a bit of information I received 
over the weekend. Uh, the Buffalo Bills opened training camp with the rookies reporting uh, to Pittsburgh, New York this past weekend. And in an article, I wrote St. John Fisher College because it's been St. John Fisher College for as long as I've been in Rochester and Western New York. But recently, like last month, they changed it from St. John Fisher College to St. John Fisher University. Um, that's an official designation in the state of New York. And so we all need to refer to it as St. John Fisher University now moving forward. So I received an email from the university. I apologize. Uh, so if you're going to be going to Fisher for Bill's training camp, just know it's being referred to as St. John Fisher University now and not St. John Fisher College. So the more you know, guys, I just wanted to send that out. Okay. I plucked one of our questions from this week's mailbag over on Twitter at Rumlinks Q and A. Anthony Marino says, what are your realistic expectations for Von Miller this season? Let's start with playing and playing time. Other than his freak injury 2020 season, Von Miller has been incredibly durable. He's played in every game. He hasn't missed a game due to injury in a very long time, all the way back to 2013. Again, outside, he missed the entire 2020 season with a freak injury, um, as he called it. That's what he said. So he's been incredibly durable. He doesn't get dinged up during the season. Um, so I think he's going to play in all 17 games for the Buffalo Bills this year. When you look at, at snap counts, he plays a lot higher snap count ratio than the Buffalo Bills have typically gone with. He played um, more than 75% of the snaps in every single season he's been around in the NFL. And the Buffalo Bills haven't had anybody over, say, 55% at the defensive end position in a while. Um, so I, I think there's going to be some sort of happy medium there where he plays somewhere in the neighborhood of two-thirds of the Buffalo Bills snaps. Again, as I've been saying on this show over and over again, he's here for what he can do in the big games and in the playoffs. So if he's out there against you know the, the last place New York Jets or the last place Miami Dolphins playing 80% of the snaps in Week 60, 16, I don't think that's the best use of his energy going into the playoffs. So it might not be every game. Um, it might not be... You know, all the time, but he's certainly capable of playing three quarters of the snaps in some of those big games. I just think it's going to end up being like some sort of happy medium at around two thirds of the Buffalo Bills defensive snaps. And again, he's getting older. You know, he's not also not, like just because he's never played fewer than 75 percent of the snaps. He's also never been you know 33 years old playing in the NFL like he's going to be this season. And so I, I think he's going to end up playing about two-thirds of the snaps. Um, as far as you know, stat projections and things like that, you know, he, he's not really a guy that relies on scheme as much as he is you know, winning his one-on-one -on -one battles. And again, that's why the Bills like him so much. So if you look back at his last several seasons, he had nine and a half sacks last year, eight sacks in 2019, 14 and a half the year before. So let, let's just go with those baseline numbers. Eight sacks, um, 46 tackles, you know, a few um, passes defended, 20 quarterback hits. Like just like those are the baselines that he's shown 
over the last few years. And if he does that, he'll be the most successful Buffalo Bills defensive lineman in a while. Um, so I, it doesn't really bother me that he might not get to say 10 sacks. If he gets to nine sacks, that'll be more than, you know, everybody since like, what Jordan Phillips a few years ago when he had that crazy conversion percentage of QB pressures into QB sacks that was higher than like, you know, everybody in the entire league. Um, and he got incredibly lucky that year. Jordan Phillips did, and then signed, you know, his big contract with Arizona. So, you know, if we just say like nine sacks and 45 tackles, um, a couple forced fumbles, and that's his regular season stat line, that's fine. But again, I'm not judging Von Miller by his regular season stats. The only thing I care about with Von Miller is can he step up in those big games in the playoffs, in the AFC Championship game, can he bring down Patrick Mahomes? In the Super Bowl, can he bring down Tom Brady or whoever the opposing quarterback is on the other side? And I think he can. He's shown that he can do that in the big games, I really don't care what he does against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 12, as an example. So with all that being said, um, I have realistic expectations of Von Miller. He's 33. I don't think he's going to come in and be the all pro version of Von Miller. I think he's going to come in and just be a part of this defense. He doesn't have to be the only guy sacking the quarterback. The Bills have Ed Oliver at defensive tackle. The Bills have Tim Settle who they just brought in and they think is going to be a contributor in their pass rush. They have Jordan Phillips coming back um, who can provide some pass rush. They have Greg Rousseau hopefully coming into a really nice sophomore season. They have other guys that can do it. They don't need him to be, you know, 80% of the snaps during a regular season and gassed during the playoffs. So I'm keeping my eyes on those big games and on the playoffs for Von Miller. Hopefully you guys will do that too and we can watch him, you know, sack the quarterback in the Super Bowl. All right, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Next week's episode is my annual Ask Me Anything episode. So make sure you t- tune into that to hear about all the questions that don't have to do with the Bills um, as we kind of get a handle on a Buffalo Bills training camp. You can send in your questions at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumlings Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Buffalo Rumlings at SBNation.com is our email address. There are plenty of ways to get in touch with the show. If you really like our show or any of the shows on the Buffalo Rumlings Podcast Network, make sure you tell a friend. That kind of personal connection really helps us expand our fan base in a really meaningful way. And we appreciate all of you that have shared that with other people in the past. Thanks again, and go Bills.